0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale.
1: Welcome to the Deep Dive. Uh, Andy, we are going to put a bow on NFC West today. I am super, super excited to talk about these two teams. So much to talk about. This might be one of our longer episodes. We're going to have to try to rein it in because I got stuff to do. Uh, we got drinks to drink and we got uh, NBA bubble to watch so uh, but before we dive into what will be two of the most entertaining teams in the NFL just wanted to mention off the top uh, you may have seen us tweet about this. Uh, our good friends over at bet spurts uh, have spent a lot they have poured a lot of sweat and a lot of time into uh, their apps over the over you know some a lot a lot of us over the uh, the break didn't really, you know, we used it, you know, we used it as a break, right? We didn't put a lot of sweat and time and energy into our, uh, our process, our, you know, our work, um, BetSports guys, you cannot say the same. They have put a lot of new functionality, a lot of new features in their app. It's absolutely worth checking out. It's free to download, free to join. Uh, and I bet you, if you are, uh, if you're in a, if you're a sports better, number one, you are loving the fact that live sports are back. Uh, And number two, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you have gotten lax in terms of your record keeping of the bets you're making and of your performance. Uh, And the key, the key, um, you know, the key reason to even use spurts, by all means, you are going to be able to keep track of your performance in ways that you did not know were possible uh, that will help you in the long long run improve your, your, uh, your betting and your, you know, you'll, you'll become uh, a sharper player, uh, you'll figure out where you have advantages and where you're making uh, poor plays. Uh, so check out the BetSperts app. Download link in the description of this podcast. Um, Andy, have you been keeping track of your plays?
0: Yeah, but not like you said. I've gotten a little lax on a few things, uh, and them's the breaks, I guess. It, it is. We are still in corona. You know what? We're emerging from corona break. And, That's a good point. Uh, it is time to get in it, not only just tracking your bets, but there's a, you know, there's like a social functionality to it. People post and talk to each other on there and you can kind of look up, you know, what other people are betting if they are posting their place. So what other people are like good at, as far as you can track, uh, I don't know how granular you really want to get over a smaller sample size, but you can, especially in some of the college sports. You can see who's doing well in, like, certain conferences and stuff. It was kind of interesting poking around in there looking at that. And you know what? We don't ever ask for anything. Help these guys out. Give them a download. Take a look at it. And get critical on their ass. Like, yeah, you know, of I don't, course. I don't, don't want to hear, oh, I don't like this or that about the app. I didn't design the app. They And they're very open to constructive Absolutely. criticism. and Because they don't want to build – you know, you don't build an app and say – well, this is how I want the app to be and I don't care how you like it. No, you want people to be able to enjoy the functionality and get more downloads. That's app life. So absolutely chirp their ass if there's stuff you want to see functionality you'd like improved or updated or you have ideas, super open. Uh god, they bounce ideas off me all the all the time. So
1: Yeah. And yeah, that's a great point. The guys that develop this are guys like us. Right. Like they just have a passion for sports betting and wanted to provide uh, a very useful tool to you, the sports better. And, you know, these aren't like Silicon Valley pirates who are behind this, you know, like this isn't, uh, you oh, know, God, some, no, I met no, yeah, these, these are good guys like us and it's worth supporting their, uh, their endeavor. Uh, and, you know, honestly, like you want to short circuit your way to clout in the sports betting space. Um, You know, get a verifiable record of your performance. Uh, And Bet Spurts is an incredible way to do that. So with that, let's talk about the NFL, the NFC West. Uh, We touched on the Rams and the Cardinals. uh, When did the Cardinals go to the Super
0: Bowl? I was just thinking of this.
1: It was 2008. It was the year that Tom Brady tore his ACL. uh, And uh, the Steelers and Cardinals met uh, in, I want to say, yeah, 2008. So, 09, the uh, 09, yeah, it was January the, of 09,
0: January right? of 09. So, since 09, then all four teams in this conference in this division have a Super Bowl loss.
1: Wow, that's wild. That's a very, that's I mean, very
0: true. Let, I let's give it, you know, the Seahawks obviously have that's a win true. as well, but yeah, you know, all four of these teams have had a Super Bowl, at least one Super Bowl appearance in the last what 11, 12 years,
1: yeah, 10, the last 10 Super Bowls, <clears throat> that's yeah, all right guys, 11, last 11 Super Bowls, yeah, um. Great. NFC West is fun this year. We talked about that in the uh, off the top last pod. Yeah, that's what got
0: uh, me thinking about this. We did yeah. this last year, and it was like, like, hey, yeah, we're talking a about a team. Yeah, we're, we had yeah. to talk about a team coming off the Super Bowl, and we're doing it again.
1: Yeah, and um, and yeah, I mean, shoot, in our lifetimes, the uh, winner of the a- NFC West was like seven, eight, and one, right? Like there was like a seven-win Seahawks. One year that went to the playoffs, I, I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah, Beastquake, right? Beastquake, here. Beastquake. There was the also the year that uh, Matt Hasselbeck and company, uh, they were they were like seven and nine two, and they went to Green Bay and they they won the coin toss and we're gonna win. But then yeah. he threw the pick six. Yeah, he did <laughs> so, not win. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's some some of the glorious uh, memories I have thinking about Seattle playoffs. Um, and I or, guess
0: or even this year, I mean they they looked like just. Hot garbage in the first half against Green. <laughs> it was it was a valiant effort, yeah. but boy, it's tough to come back. In, I mean, yeah, that was Lambo in Lambo in January.
1: It's Good tough luck. to win there. Yeah.
0: And, and they did. They almost got it too. They, yeah, they had a nice a nice effort, but <clears throat> yeah, they looked like a bit of a fraudulent team in the first half there.
1: I thought so too, um, and I guess there really is no way to sugarcoat this. The Seahawks were an absolute anomaly in the win-loss column last year, relative to all the metrics. There, they were like maybe, maybe like an all-time, uh, you know, deviance from you know the points, you know, points Pythag type of thing. Like they were what five. Five wins off. Their oh, it was. It was. It
0: wasn't quite all that. It was. It was. Yeah, like, no, no, It, so it was I,
1: three. It was like oh, three and oh, a half. So three. Okay. I, yeah, it yeah, was, was. It was three, at least yeah. okay. three.
0: But it was heavy. Okay. Yeah, they were not an eleven and five team. The fact that they won that many games was wild. The fact that they had such um one way variance.
1: Yes. One
0: one way variance as far as yes. The, Close games, one-score games, less than a field goal games, everything. They trailed in 13 out of their 16 (laughs) games at one point. (laughs) They only had a halftime lead in five games. Five games they had a halftime lead, and they ended up winning 11 games, making it to the second round of the playoffs, and...
1: If it weren't for a goal line stand by the Niners, they win the freaking West. Oh yeah, that that was Dude, oh my god, so what a what a game to close to the year to That was it
0: was a very very good game. Yeah, that, yeah. And if we, you know, from a betting and analytics uh, forward projecting standpoint, we are going to shit on their season. We're going to shit on their season hard because of <laughs> the, you know, just how it went down and the fact that they weren't as good as they, they you know, their record showed but from a entertainment standpoint, oh my
1: fun. gosh, they had Absolutely. a ton, like like Cannot I just said how many how many close
0: TV. games they had. They had so many close games that were highly entertaining, very fun. So uh, they were very fun. enjoyable, enjoyable team for sure to watch. But yeah, we, we and we've mentioned this numerous times in the podcast, and we were very um, beside ourselves when we saw how it was going to shake out. But we wanted to fade Green Bay in the playoffs and we wanted to fade Seattle in the playoffs and you know maybe not in the first round but eventually there was going to be heavy fade spots and then they end up playing each other so <laughs> it, it sucks when you, when you
1: and i think that thing came in on the on the number almost
0: it did it landed i think it landed right <laughs> on the 3 so
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I think that it was a five-point game, and the line was like four and a half, right? Was it five? It was I'm tr- maybe I'm thinking in like the that. first round. I, had, um,
0: I wanted to say they had a push in the playoffs. Maybe it was their first round the game. I have to go back. And they were the dogs, ATS. I
1: think. They opened as dogs to the Eagles in round one. Uh, and then uh, Jadavian Clowney eliminated Carson Wentz from the game. <laughs> with one of the more oh, brutal hits of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not even then, gonna
0: talk. I don't need I don't need Philly fans in my mentions yeah, Josh, again. Jesus Josh, Josh they did McCown not is think it was they did not Josh, think it was as funny as I did. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Josh McCown then came in on a torn hamstring uh and could not get the job done surprisingly. Uh the Seahawks win game the wild card game, 179 in Philly. Uh and then they went on to lose by five to Green Bay in a very frustrating game. And really as much fun as it is to shit on the uh, the you know the way things went down for the Seahawks, and as easy it is so easy, it is lowest common denominator. It is low hanging fruit uh, to point to the Seahawks and be like, regression's coming, regression's coming. This is unsustainable, right? Like, what do you know? Like close wins like this, obviously, obviously, close wins are difficult to repeat, right? Obviously. Uh, getting the Rams kicker to miss a game-winning try at the end of a Thursday night football game is difficult. <laughs> you know that that was real, real fluky luck. Um, and there are a lot of examples like that. Uh, and it kind of you know it. it they were. It is uncompletely uh, unlikely that you see the same luck this season as last season. Although uh, some of their close wins, some of their comeback, um, you know, comeback spirit. Uh, is because what? It's because they have the best quarterback in the NFC and it's not especially close. And Russell Wilson is so dynamic as far as a playmaker goes. He is so unflappable under pressure uh, and he is so dangerous uh, hitting his fields down target, especially with the, the weapons that they now have on this roster from a receiving standpoint, that it is, they are always live. They're always live. It didn't matter if they are a, a worse team than their record suggests. Like, you know, bet you know, fade them at your own risk. Because Russell Wilson uh, is that much is is that much of a factor. That's he how you find that, that
0: variance. Like you know, that sort of variance, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not always explainable. But when you <clears throat> I swallowed something funny, I'm dying right now. <laughs>
1: And get you lucky, a yeah, yeah, lucky I COVID have my water test. Rain. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. yeah. Find out in two weeks if you got the it's, if you got the COVID.
0: It's going around the at work. Out. You know, we've had some we've had some people like I like when someone calls. So like, should I come? No, you stay home. You you if you are exposed, go get a test, man. I don't need it. But uh <clears throat> no, I think I'm fine. I'm just uh I swallowed something funny. Anyway, having Russell Wilson kind of explains some of the variants, like you said, when you're in a close game, and you have a gamer like that. You're going to probably end up on the on the right side of, I mean, at least the right side of the median or mean, yeah, or whatever sure. you want to use is your yeah, median. right, right, right. Like you'll usually end up on a good side if you have a player like that who can just take a game into his hands at the end of the end of the fourth quarter there. But man, it, it was wild how this just week after week we just kept saying it and. It just kept happening and you know, lo and behold, they it was gonna be harder to do in the playoffs on the road against really good teams week after week. I guess it didn't surprise anybody that they didn't uh they didn't make it, you know, as far as like the even the NFC title game, I guess would have surprised me. Although like, against Green Bay maybe it wouldn't have. But yeah, it, it is amazing what Russ has done through his career. I started Writing down some of the stats, and I just quit because I don't have to tell anybody. It's who's crazy, man. This. Yeah, I mean, he's just been—he's been amazing year after year, no matter what.
1: Consistency team, you know, is so yeah. strong, too. Just consistent as can be. Yeah,
0: and <clears throat> not only that, but the the team is consistently called a stupid offense around him, and <laughs> they haven't been—they haven't been to the Super Bowl. God, here's the stat. I think this is Football Outsiders. I should quote it exactly, yeah. The Seahawks have run the ball 46% of offensive plays since 2015.
1: Un- that, would be, that
0: would be the Super Bowl year. Only the Bills have run more often, and if your quarterbacks were Terod Taylor and Josh Allen, you would call for a lot of handoffs, too. So, <laughs> so, I mean, so, so the joke is, in. you know, the, the dig at the Bills quarterbacks is in there, but it's not as funny when you think about the fact that they have Russell Wilson, like You've run the ball almost as much as a team who struggled at quarterback for the last five years. And you have Russell Wilson. I, I guess it's nice that you've had some measure of success, but I think that's maybe a big indicator of why you haven't returned to the Super Bowl.
1: That's a big you know, indicator they, of yeah, why you were even in close games last year.
0: Yeah. I mean, you slow the game down <laughs> as well, like that. But yeah, and they, that's the thing, they were successful on the ground. It's not like they had low success rates, but I don't think that's uh, the kind of offense that you can, you know, predicate a Super Bowl run around when you have a, a quarterback like that. And, you know, obviously, I say since 2015, and there are a ton of defensive players that were on those Super Bowl run teams that, I mean, shit, some of them are still in the league playing for other teams and doing very well. But, you know, the Legion of Boom is long gone. The defense has gone. Uh, the DVOA has gotten worse every single year. So it's been a slow trickle downward, but since those Super Bowl years, the DVOA for the defense has gotten gotten just slowly worse every single year, to the point where it's almost become a reality, which is, you know, not what you're used to with the with Seattle. So I think yeah. that's going to be the most, uh, maybe the most interesting thing to look at going forward. Here is, can they shore up some spots in the defense, and can they just let Russ cook one time? he's he's on the wrong side of 30 and just just let him eat the, the, the NFC still is kind of wide open yeah
1: yeah yeah um to put a finer point on russell wilson's consistency and his superlative nature uh eight, he's he's been the starting quarterback in seattle for 8 years i don't believe he's missed a game over those 8 years uh he has played yes, he has played in he has started in 128 games uh for the Seahawks. So he has the been the starter in every single one of his uh his years and games with the Seahawks. <clears throat> Never has he failed to reach at least nine wins, and that was only once. He's been in double digit wins uh seven of the eight years, uh averaging ten, almost eleven wins per season on average. Um and just his you look up and down these statistics in terms of completion percentage, touchdown to interception ratio, like it is just so, so consistent. You cannot uh you know, it looks fake. And you know, to a degree, he's somewhat robotic, I think, as just as a person. So it's not entirely surprising I'm that limited. his <laughs> it's not entirely surprising that he's so consistent <laughs> across these all these statistical categories. Um but that said, uh the coaching and the system in Seattle currently, both the decision making of the front office and the conceptual nature of the offense, they're both flat out disasters, in my opinion. Like yeah, almost
0: I mean, take like, a guess where they rate on going. You know. Going forward on fourth downs, that they should
1: I, bottom five. Yeah, it's last, low. It it's al- I
0: mean, it's not. I don't. I, have, I don't actually have the number. It's. I have like an average. But yeah, every year it's low. Every single yeah. year they're okay. they're always very low. Um. Again, I. I wish I. I should go dig into what they actually take into account. I mean, you can kind of piece it together from context. But Football Outsider says an, an aggressiveness index for teams and coaches. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're they're always towards the bottom. They're yeah. not aggressive on fourth downs. It's just not not Pete Carroll's mo. I don't, and you know, it's not something I expect to change.
1: I, they, these guys are old dogs. Yeah, yeah they were yeah, old it was, dogs. It was They're not second, yeah. second
0: to worst, thirty first. Only Denver had a
1: lower aggressiveness index. This last is year. not surprising. Okay, no, um, yeah, no surprises
0: and, here, and not like I said, not something I expect to change.
1: Okay, and let's put a finer point on this. What is it about them that is problematic besides just the aggressive nature, right? Just, just besides the fact that on short, makeable first, fourth downs, they choose to punt, they choose to kick, which they did against the Packers, which effectively sealed that loss for them, I remember, in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, that, that is obviously problematic. They're not even trying to embrace the analytics revolution in that regard. Uh, they're not even trying to embrace the analytics revolution in terms of when, you know, how often you rush on first down. Uh, they're very, very, they're probably the most conservative mindset. And this is, I mean, this is all, I, you know, you can hang it on Pete Carroll if you want. You can hang it on. Um, Brian Schottenheimer, if you want, neither guy especially suited for the modern NFL whatsoever. Pete Carroll, this will be his eleventh season as the head coach, and he has enough success and he's well regarded enough among the NFL media and kind of uh, you know decision makers and that he's really not in him. jeopardy. The ownership loves him; he's really not in jeopardy of lose Well, who is the owner now? Paul Allen died, right? Yeah, but
0: I still
1: their family is their family still uh, rides for Pete.
0: I, um, I I thought it was a sister.
1: Um, okay, maybe. That may maybe I'm thinking of a whole different team. But um the, no, you might be you, I think you're probably right. I, I think I be. think
0: we actually looked this up when uh when he did pass because it was uh it was two years ago and I believe it was twenty eighteen.
1: Yeah. Well and, he's entrenched he's he is the identity of their kind of the entire franchise, so it's not surprising. Either way, P. Carroll, the game has Effectively moved by him in terms of understanding what to do. Uh, there, you know, you ask anyone kind of in the Seattle Seahawks community, fan-wise and analytics community, who cares, you know, disproportionately cares about the Seahawks, uh, what ought to be done about Pete Carroll, and I think everyone would, cons- you know, consensus would agree, you know, he needs to move on. Uh, but here he is still entrenched as the head coach he's got a Super Bowl win he's got two Super Bowl appearances here he's been their most successful coach of the franchise's history so he's really under no pressure to learn and adapt and improve what he's doing as a head coach which is a problem like they're always going to have a low ceiling in terms of their ability to win a Super Bowl because of the key issues that we're bringing up here uh, even if though you have the second, best quarterback in the NFL, clearly, and the best quarterback in the NFC, clearly. Uh, If you are not calling an effective offense, you are handicapping them in a way that is going to uh, keep you, you keep games that you should easily win close. Uh and it's going to present situations where you have difficult to near impossible comebacks against the true contenders when you're on the road in the playoffs, like against the Packers. So it's um it's very, very confounding that they have not that they're, you know, and there there's not there's nothing sacred about Schottenheimer. He's never done an especially good job in the NFL as a coordinator, in my opinion. Uh, but there's really not a ton of pressure to get him moved, you know, to get somebody new in there, get some fresh blood in there. Like this is it's like almost like the well, there's no
0: sense of urgency when your your cornerback no. is 32. You, <laughs> I mean, the wind It's not like you have a. Uh, honestly, we're going to talk about a couple teams with windows today, but the the window isn't super tight. Just because they're not. Sound not like oh, we're super top heavy, and you know the the cap's gone to hell, and we really need to win this year, or next year, and that's it. But. You don't have forever with a great quarterback. No, you don't get blessed with good quarterbacks like this all the time. I mean, ask some of these franchises, ask the Browns. You can go, go ask the Bears. (laughs) Yeah, decades. I mean, even, yeah, even when the Bears won the Super Bowl, it's not like Jim McMahon was, you know, Tony Eason probably wasn't even the better quarterback in that game. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, you can go. 20, 30 years without having a great quarterback—it's it sucks. It's no fun when you're going through quarterback hell. Like Jesus, I remember the Christian Ponder years. Like yeah. this is this is no fun whatsoever having this sort of uh this sort of quarterback. So I mean, just from yeah. your your fans, your your organization, your your window isn't that big. I don't know what they're doing with Schottenheimer at all.
1: No, and there really there's really no sense in why uh, there's not at least more pressure to mix things up given that they're underachieving so badly and everyone knows it. Like, this isn't a secret. We're not breaking news here. Like it was probably one of the most widely shared things as we went through the playoffs last year, that how crazy is it? The Seahawks are 11 and five when their record says they should be eight and eight. Um, And it's, you know, it's, it, it's not going to change anytime soon, which is frustrating. Uh, Yet. I still can't rule them out. I, you know, I, I can't fade them. I can't line up and say, let's bet these guys You know, all unders to the hilt, because Russell Wilson is still that good, and they are going to be in every every tough game on their schedule will be a coin flip, and some of the easy games will wind up being coin flips because they're going to go you know brain dead against some of these teams. But
0: they don't have, and they don't have the worst schedule. Like it's not that bad. No, it's I'd say it's it's not. I wouldn't classify it as easy, but if you're putting it on a spectrum. It's on the easier side of the middle. So,
1: either way, before we get there, let's talk a little bit more about the kind of the conceptual building of this team. When Pete Carroll came in, they were talent rich on defense, like young, incredibly impressive defensive players at all three levels. Uh, they had, you know, and, and if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I think there are three important aspects to being a head coach in the NFL. I think it's important uh, to have some game planning. Strategy. It's important to be able to make adjustments in game, and it's important to be able to develop your players, right? And if, you know, per, you know, evaluate your players, develop them, and and you know, get the most out of them. And Pete Carroll clearly has the third in spades, but he lacks massively in the first two. And I would say, without question, uh, they got lucky on a lot of their draft picks early on in the Schneider regime. Uh, Pete Carroll developed the hell out of those guys, made them all pros. Uh, And they've all now gotten older and moved on or become less effective. Um, And the guys that they have drafted as replacement players, they consistently reach in early rounds of the draft. They consistently try to trade out of Round one and if they don't get a trade, they draft a guy like Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech this year. And there's you their their draft history in the last five years, yeah, is just I mean there's a joke.
0: The joke is right littered there too. You, you drafted a big twelve defender in the first round. <laughs> which, yeah. I mean it's not like the Big Twelve doesn't have yeah. good defensive players. I just like to pick on their defense. But
1: sure, sure. Yeah, yeah their
0: yeah, their draft history hasn't been something I I mean, they it's not like they' have had huge huge misses for 20 years, but I haven't been super impressed with some of the picks since and and you know the biggest uh, I think just reading this and one of the previews I was looking at the biggest difference to me outside of the the defense from you know say like what's changed you still have Pete Carroll, you still have Russell Wilson honestly what did you think of the receiving core during the the Super Bowl years? I mean it they were great like,
1: they were they were I mean, solid. Yeah, I mean it solid. was it
0: was it was all solid but I was never you know it was never a crazy one too. Absolutely. They had, true. They, had, they had good 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 receivers nothing. They were league wasn't.
1: average every single year. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but so like the biggest thing I suppose has changed is and I read the I got to find the stat now. Yeah, when they were winning the Super Bowls, Russell Wilson was less than 1% of their cap.
1: <laughs> now That's now he's you know now
0: he's like 15 percent of the cap and you know the cap you know i'm using percentages because the cap is like 60 million dollars different from those years but yeah it's it's a big hit like they they made hay when the sunshine they got it done when he was on his his cheap contract they were able to pay all those defenders i'm not 100 sure you can I mean, we're seeing it right now. Look at look at the players they lost in the offseason, and look who they brought in and what they paid them. I mean, the, their biggest their biggest payday for a free agent was Greg Olson at seven million. I don't mind Bruce Irvin, I guess, for that price, but it, it, when when you're paying a your quarterback decent money, it's a lot harder to throw together the Legion of Doom. So it it just might not. Maybe the window isn't there. Maybe the window's there to hey, lock yourself into 11 wins, have a playoff win, and we'll slowly ride Russ into the ground over the next
1: few years. (laughs) That's kind of the way it's set up. It's depressing,
0: but, I I mean, I want you to do that. Play GM, coach, whatever, future cast whale. How do you take this team from where they are, the cap situation they have, with the pieces that you'd like to build around, and turn well, them into a team that can win the Super Bowl within the next couple of years, because like I said, I don't, I don't know if it's doable. Like yeah. it could be a, it's it'd be a lightning in a bottle draft pick, or a absolute, you know, just crushing it on a, on a free agent. And I don't, I don't think they had that. That like, what is he going to say? Like, Greg Olson was what turned this team around. Like that was your free agent, no chance, or, or you no know, chance. the defensive end you took forty eighth overall from Tennessee.
1: No. 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 Um and that this is kind of this is why they're you know this is why the it, things are purgatory maybe. Problem- yeah, they're per- they, they are they are they're in good they're in the good part of purgatory, <laughs> right? They're not you know 7 and that's, 9 every year Yeah, it's better you know, not. to are not looking stupid. Yeah. Now. Um but yeah, no, like look what happened to them this offseason. They lost what? Four starting o-linemen? They lost they let they they may we don't know what the hell's going on with Clowney yet, but you know they they needed they needed a pass rush because their guys got older they couldn't generate a pass rush they really missed Michael Bennett when he find, when he left um they f- finally realized you know what we need a pass rusher with guys we're drafting aren't working uh we'll give up real deal assets bringing Clowney well. They couldn't make, couldn't get a deal done with Clowney, oh, so now nice. he's gone, okay. or he may be gone. We'll see. Um, and you bring in Bruce Irvin, who was again one of your draft picks. I guess you get him on a very fair deal. Um, bringing in all these new offensive linemen as as free agents, like you basically are picking off the scrap heap of, uh, you know, to fill in to backfill all of these important pieces. Um, and your big move of the offseason, it's worth mm-hmm. noting, you give away massive, massive draft capital for the future to get Jamal Adams who you're gonna have to pay right away. So it's going to be extremely tough now that you've done all this to do anything other than cross your fingers that the coaching staff can coach up some of these cast offs. That's all you can really do. Like you have virtually no, uh, no flexibility, no room here. And you don't, you know, the only kind of Sweeping move you can make as far as a rebuild goes would be to try to move Russell Wilson, which is ludicrously insane. Like there's no way you let this guy walk out the door until he's done, done. Um, and you know, I, I, I just I don't know what you have to do from a flexibility standpoint other than cross your fingers that you can get the most out of these castoffs from other teams. Yeah, uh, and, and that's um, where I,
0: I kind of left the Adams trade out of the discussion with free agency because I wanted to kind of touch on that on its own and it, sure. I mean, it got it got touched on plenty when it happened and i don't know i softened a little on just you know how we took him took him to town on that the jets did it, it does kind of seem like a decent trade for both teams but yeah they gave up a bunch and i mean maybe it's a good a good trade for both teams right now but it could turn out to be very lopsided depending on if you get a contract done or not, not would be, you know, if you don't get it done, if you don't pay him, if you don't end up doing anything long-term with him and then that draft capital turns into something decent for the Jets, it could be super lopsided, you know, when you look back at it in a couple of years. So I, I get the move. I don't mind it, I suppose, but um, it, it it feels like, it could turn really sour if it, doesn't, uh, if it doesn't work out in their favor in a few different aspects.
1: I guess what's your overall read on Jamal Adams as far as a player for today's NFL?
0: I am hesitant – to judge anybody who had to spend time on the Jets. <laughs> okay. Like, like, that's, that's, I couldn't think, I, that's why that sentence yeah. was so slow. I was trying to think of a nice way to say that.
1: We don't know. So you're basically, yeah. we don't well, know. He's it's been a like, jet.
0: well, yeah. but look at, uh, like, a good example would be like Tannehill.
1: Yeah. Right. Like, sure. it it Fowler, He was some, on the offense and he was a quarterback.
0: Like, yeah, I know, I know, but it, sometimes it's tough to judge, like, uh, a player that, you know, had some, Maybe well, and especially like Tannehill had some aspirations of being a, a good starter in the league, and then he got stuck on a bad team for a few years with some bad coaching situations. I don't think there's a worse coaching situation than Adam Gase. So uh, maybe maybe it's tough. Like he was God, where did he get drafted? Top ten?
1: Top number six, I think, overall. For
0: sure, top ten, yeah. Um, but I mean, he's a top ten pick who played for a shitty team with a probably a terrible head coach so uh, i'm i'm hesitant to say how he fits in Uh, obviously over the years they've had success bringing in defensive players and getting stuff out of them so i'm in wait and see mode but i'm i'm optimistic he's a good player so you're saying if
1: you have a young impactful blue chip uh secondary player you don't want greg williams teaching him how to how to do stuff
0: <laughs> i didn't even i didn't even bring up greg god how did i how did i not even bring
1: up that shit? no um, your point is correct like we yeah. don't really know what his potential is and hey you know what like I, as i mentioned carol has coached up and kind of gotten the most out of a lot of players that have come through seattle and if you can coach up and and oh guess what maybe nowhere more so than in the secondary. Like he has a knack for it. He has a nose. He knows exactly what to tell and how to get these guys coached up to perform their best without a doubt. Um, but I worry that the best, you know, kind of the flashes of brilliance we've seen from uh, Jamal Adams have been more in his ability to generate a pass rush than they have been in his ability to lock down, you know, lock down and impact the game from a coverage standpoint, right? Like, Derwin James is the same type of player, but he is so flipping amazing in coverage that I'd kind of rather have a James than I'd rather have an Adams, I think. Um, And, you know, granted, yeah, I love, I mean,
0: we don't have to say
1: like, I guess here's, here's here's a great question. Here's a key question for you, right? You're competing with the San Francisco 49ers to win the NFC West this year. Yes, you are. They just gave George Kittle $15 million a year for the next six years. You are going to have to face them for the duration of Russell Wilson's you know, career. You're going to have to go through George Kittle and company. Can, George, can, uh, can Jamal Adams meaningfully match up against Kittle? Can he defend the tight end position on the other side of the ball? Because guess what? Like That's, that's his position on the field. And I surely haven't seen him be able to truly erase the tight end production from the other side of the of the ball like i'm thinking pretty clearly of the thursday night football game jets uh ravens last year ravens absolutely uh picked them apart with the tight end play in that game like it was not competitive uh there are probably many other examples you can look at in the 2019 jets schedule where uh you know his impact was negligible to uh negative um and you know, that could be the system. That could be the scheme. You can blame that on Greg Williams, potentially. Um, but I'm not sure I that the price tag matches the caliber of the player. Uh,
0: I, I got to wait. Again, yeah. with the, the whole wait and see thing, and, you know, I, I put that heavily on coaching as I just decided – to see how many of these podcasts that we don't talk about the Jets and I can still shit on Gay on. <clears throat> but also, I mean, the unit the unit as a whole, like it'll be interesting to see, um, it, you know, one player is important, but you start looking at a unit as a whole, and sometimes it happens that way where it's a decent unit and it just takes like, you know, one more piece. You, f- you plug one little hole in the dike and it becomes – a strength rather than a weakness or any, you know, I don't know if it was like a big liability, like Griffin's good. Obviously you're getting decent coverage from the linebacker. I mean, you just, you have two really stud linebackers that goes without staying digs flowers. You bring in Quentin Dunbar. Um, And then, yeah. And then you bring in Adams. Like it, it could all of a sudden just, Hey, like we have the back seven is kind of solidified at this point. <laughs> Sometimes it, it just takes one or two more pieces like you bring in Dunbar, you trade for Adams, mm. you you get you get a, and maybe you get a little more out of Flowers Griffin. I don't know the Yeah, Griffin's the, fine. I don't yeah. know, I, I'm probably like I'm, I'm trying to look at who would have started at strong safety. It looks like McDonald like Mc, out of McDougald. those, McDo- <laughs> McDougal. Yeah, I wasn't even reading it right. Of, if, you, if you take the, let's say, the three corners, the two linebackers, and your two safeties, like McDougal, probably yeah, that's probably your weak spot. You shore it up a little. I get to see how Dunbar fits in, but
1: I, we have to see if Dunbar takes the field.
0: Yeah, that's true as well.
1: I don't know what's going on with him legally. He is uh, in a little bit of difficulty down in uh, Florida. <laughs> Was yeah. It Miami, Miami got uh, caught up there.
0: It, well, it'll all buff out. He's an NFL mm, player. Okay. You don't, you don't really need do, uh, I mean, you got to do something really fucked up. There. Dude,
1: nah. <clears throat> so here's, here's the other issue with the defense. And let's touch on this real quick. Uh, Seattle's defense is like absurdly vanilla. They run base defense till you know, regardless of the situation. And again, again, kind of going back to the core criticism of their coaching staff, like they're not trying, they're not tricking anyone. They're not disguising anyone. They're not, you know, playing up, you know, playing up to your strength or, you know, trying to make you, you know, take away your best weapon at all, right? It's almost like the anti-Belichick kind of vision of defense. They play very, very, very uh, basic defense, rely heavily. Uh, you know, they they put these Cornerbacks on you know on the spot to do their jobs with very little help Uh, and guess what if you don't have a pass rush that can you know at least kind of upset what the quarterback is doing then these guys are going to get picked apart no matter if they are above average players from a talent standpoint so it's very 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 difficult for me to see that this unit as a whole is going to be able to be a top half of the league defense even with bringing in Adams even if I guess if they bring back Clowney maybe I'll start thinking a little harder oh, yeah, about this that but does,
0: that doesn't hurt it
1: doesn't hurt i don't i i
0: don't think he's coming back so yeah I, yeah the front four like you know we you want to talk about the coverage unit i'm i'm probably more excited about the coverage than the front four at this point
1: absolutely at absolutely I, yes like, yeah as, front, as a whole front, defense
0: yeah i yeah, i probably put him at league average if we're surprised by how adams fits in and Dunbar plays well. It could be an above-average defense. I just, I don't think it's going to be a great defense. We need, I think it's a lot of it's going to be predicated on if they can pull their head out of their ass. Maybe run the ball a little less, let Russ get it done, and a defense. Also, a defense is going to play better when they don't have to play in tight games all the time. Like if you can give them give them a nice lead, let them pin the ears back, rush the quarterback, play a little bit of a softer defense here and there where they're not always having to go you know full bore the full 60 because it's a tight game i I, I don't know you know i I didn't play past high school, but I know it's a lot more fun to play defense when you're up by like 30. Like that, that's, that's a lot of fun. Just go out there and whatever, like, just try not to try not to let him go over the top. Like,
1: yeah, you're absolutely right.
0: Playing, playing in these tight games. That's not, that can't be fun for anybody.
1: No, I guess winning them is. Yeah. But that's, that's the road you are going. You, you know, you're probably down the same road. I mean, yeah, every, every, every win for you, Seattle this year is going to be hard fought. Even against the likes of the Giants and the Redskins and the Jets, you know, like you're going to play down to them. We know it. We know they are. And you know, your inability to generate a pass rush uh, will make it very difficult for you to protect leads. Um, your inability to run the ball will make it in- make it difficult for you to protect leads. Um, and realistically, new offensive lineman at center, right guard, right tackle—that's a little suspect. I'm a little nervous. About how this goes down, and granted Russell Wilson has again been incredibly resilient in terms of his ability to take the field, and incredibly um, difficult to tackle when you know you will get you know you get home, you rush him, you pressure him whatever. he's still exceptionally elusive. Um, just ask Nick Bosa, and I would say he's going to have to use the best. He's going to have to put on this best performance that we've seen in two, three years uh, to avoid significant pressure, especially coming from, uh, you know, his strong side. So it's, it's going to be challenging for this team to uh, replicate 11 wins. That said, uh, bet against them at your own peril.
0: Yeah. Maybe just uh, you can go money line against them.
1: Oh yeah. You'll get a couple wins. wins. Um, I guess, Uh, as you look up and down their schedule, uh, would you say this is um, favorable or unfavorable?
0: Yeah, I jumped ahead a little earlier. It's middle of the pack, I'd say, just because it is a tougher division. Obviously, San Francisco is going to be just as tough, if not tougher, if they stay healthy. Another year for Jimmy G. We'll get to them in a minute. Arizona is greatly improved on offense, especially from two years ago. They might be coming around. It's it's not an easy, you know, it's not an easy division. You got to play at Miami with them coming off a bye. They're a super big wild card as far as what we're going to get out of that team. At Buffalo, at an early game in Buffalo, at Philly, at Washington, in an early. Hang on, game.
1: right there. Hold on, right there. You just named in a row five separate East Coast trips. Yeah, that's a lot of.
0: Uh, yeah, the, the, I'm seeing your little clock symbol a ton. They start <laughs> I mean, you start with at Atlanta and then New England, Dallas, and it's it's not a great start. You get a bunch of playoff teams from last year, obviously San Francisco twice, Buffalo, you get Minnesota, you get a, a Dallas team that's supposed to win their division. Philly, that's supposed to compete, Washington, that kind of matches up tough against some teams. The Rams might get their shit together. They still have some decent pieces. And and there, there's some respite here and there with uh, you have a nice bye before you have to head down to Arizona. But man, that's a tough stretch. Even coming, coming off the bye, that's a wicked stretch where you go four away games in, or three away games in four weeks. With At Arizona, you get to come off your bye, but then. You get San Francisco at home in a minor advantage spot as they are going to be off a back to back before you do do the early game at Buffalo, followed by at LA Rams, second week of a back to back, Rams coming off their bye, and then down to the debt, or bringing Cardinals back home. So,
1: proves another trip trip east after that. Yeah. yeah, And then another trip over to to Philly again. Four road games in six weeks, including two trips east. That's yeah. hard, dude.
0: It's it's a tough, yeah. It's a it's a tough schedule from a travel standpoint, certainly. Um, but like you said, just a, a lot of these teams, there's not you know. And as we get to the second podcast of the week, we're talking about the teams that are projected to be the better two of the division. You're not going to have these. Oh, uh, they you know they played the car or they played the Ravens and the Chiefs, and they're like 18 point dogs. In each week, you're not going to have as many of those. There's going to be a lot more. The coin flip games are against the better teams, but yeah, just a full season of coin flips again.
1: Yeah, absolutely true. What, absolutely what is there?
0: What is, and without looking at the spreads? And I mean, this is pretty easy. Even without that, they're what's their easiest game?
1: The giants and giants yeah, and jets at home or jets yeah, at home one of those, two. Jets,
0: it's those two. i mean
1: they have a three game stretch 13 14 15 where they can make up some ground if things don't go well for them early in the season
0: yeah yeah it's 13 coin flips and then giants Jets skins yeah f- football team
1: yeah um also so, worth noting uh they neutral i'd say
0: neutral schedule because the, because i don't coin flips is their life that's what they yeah, do yeah right
1: Right, They have a 50-50 chance in almost all these games. Um, What about the potential impacts to home field advantage without the 12s? (laughs) Do you think that uh, they lose any of that edge in their home time, home home prime time games? That was typically uh, where we saw Russell Wilson shine the brightest, um, be it just the nature of the spot or uh, just being elevated by the crowd, and lo and behold, three of their home games would have been in prime time this year, were it not for the Rona.
0: Yeah. If you had to take all the teams and say who's affected most by not having fans, they're top five, maybe yeah, top, great. maybe top two. I it, it's probably yeah, it's probably dome teams, Saints and. You know, I'd put all, all the dome teams are probably top five, even a shitty team like the Lions, but yeah, Saints, Saints and Seahawks for sure, probably my top two. Even if you want to be in the camp that doesn't really believe fans do that much, and I am in that camp, it doesn't hurt, especially if you can get them loud down in the you know in one end zone making it hard to communicate on offense isn't always fun. And then also the, I mean, and honestly, that's smaller to me than the ref bias. Ref bias is real. Will we have yet to see a football game played without fans? Will it's tough because you're not going to get, it's not like baseball where we're, two, you know, you get two weeks in and you have a couple hundred games. True. It's, it's, you're going to have small data points right away. You're going to have to really actually look at it very closely, probably. You can't just uh, grab some spreadsheets after the week is done to be like, yeah, what was ref bias like this week? I think you're going to have to really look into it to see if you can actually glean anything. But ref bias is real. It's been proven out. There is a, a slight favoring to home teams with some, some calls. I mean, in most sports. So, I think you lose some of that for everybody, and maybe the maybe we'll see some of these teams with the more raucous, louder crowds are more affected by that, which uh, definitely would suck for Seattle. So I yeah, I think they're one of the teams that is probably the saddest about losing losing the fans.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No disagreement there. And uh I mean, I can't wait to see what that line opens up week two. Patriots at uh, uh, Seattle for Sunday Night Football. I know it's available now, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be different once we get a sense of what home field advantage ought to be after the first week of games. Um, Yeah. Seahawks, yes, no playoffs for you. Hmm. The
0: NFC in general. Man. Three wild cards.
1: All they gotta do is get in, right?
0: Yeah. I'm I would I would favor them over a wild card coming out of the north or
1: east. I would too.
0: I think maybe on, maybe a pickup versus think, Dallas. I think yeah, I think it's pretty close as far as the Dallas Philly. I like could put them on par with whoever's the second best there. The NFC North, I don't know if they're getting a wild card. The NFC, I think it's the South, the South and the West are getting wild cards. And one of those might get, I think it's probably the West might get too. It could be a double wild card. So I don't know. Yeah, I think they get in. I would, uh, if I had to line it, I'd make them, uh, I'd make them minus money to make the playoffs. Do you have that number? Are you looking at that? Are you going to make me look stupid when it's like plus, plus 280 or something? Well, it's down down for some reason. reason. I don't know
1: why. There's, There's no, no chance. Line. There's yeah. no
0: chance it's that high, but I'd, I'd, I'd favor them to make the playoffs under the new uh, under the new system.
1: Okay, and do you think? Uh, I guess are they Super Bowl contenders just on the basis that if they make the playoffs, they'll have the best quarterback? Uh,
0: without seeing them play, no. Like th- for them to be playoff contenders, I'd have to see like oh, they they changed up the offense a little, and then everybody they brought in on defense worked out. Like Adams, Adams is absolutely clicking. You know the the new secondary, the new look secondary that they put together is really good. The pass rush is a little better than we'd hoped, even though it's probably still bottom half of the league. And the offense isn't running the ball as much. Like, hey, this this team this team's kind of clicking. But I mean, with current expectations, no, they're not. A, I don't think they're Super Bowl contender. Okay. Okay. I mean you're you're never out of it, like we said with Russ. You're never out of it. It just takes it takes a little more when you're not gonna get to play at home, likely, in any playoff games, maybe outside of the first one. It's tough to go win a bunch of road games with the team.
1: Are you gonna fans. be looking out for any signs that Pete Carroll caught um you know, caught wind of the criticism this offseason? I and is know. and There's is no going to change his spots? You don't think he? You don't think he has ears out for what some of the people in the community are saying about him? No,
0: he doesn't. Doesn't strike me as the type to change anything.
1: They're still going to yeah. try to establish the run, even though yeah, Penny, um, even though Penny's on the pup. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, the only the Rashad only Penny. Way.
1: Imagine o- only thing worse than taking Sony Michelle in round one. And they brought in, They brought
0: in Carlos Hyde. Like they'll, they'll just
1: that doesn't they, move they, the needle for me. Well,
0: no, no, Rashad Penny doesn't move the
1: needle. They no, a, no, the, sure. the last
0: time they had a receiver or a back that moved the needle was I mean, beast mode.
1: I guess, is there a potential that because they it's, don't have a running back that they could luck into no, performing? No, no,
0: they, they can <laughs> put you good. in the backfield and you'd get 20 carries a game
1: for, uh, tw- for, for negative five yards. Yeah. Oh,
0: I mean, they have a decent left side. If you ran behind the left side, I bet you'd get positive yards. <laughs> They'd have to scheme it differently. I don't know what to uh, yeah, yeah. You're you're you're, you're a little I'm a, slight. I'm an I'd, endurance. I'd, I'd want you
1: to, I'm an endurance guy. I don't I'd have, want you uh, to put on like 25
0: speed. pounds of okay. lean muscle, best shape of your life.
1: Okay. Um god, we to
0: it's starting to get to like we don't have a true camp, we don't have a true preseason, but we're starting to get players together. We almost yeah. need to put together a fucking bingo card of you know, a veteran saying, boy, a rookie's really looking good and a guy's in the best <laughs> shape of his life. Like, all the cliches are already out on Twitter this week. So I like it. Um, no, I, I, it doesn't matter who they have in a running back. They will try to force feed whatever, you know, mishmash of they have in the running back's room and their running back core. They'll try to run the ball. Pete Carroll, the last time Pete Carroll made a significant change in anything he did Was because the NCAA was about to come down on his (laughs) (laughs) ass. He's like, "I'm hightailing it out of here. I'm gonna go play in the Northeast. You know what? It's time to take my talents to the Pacific Northwest." Yeah. No, I'm. uh, It's. I don't think it's a super high variance team. Like it's a, it's an eight to eleven win team. I, I think they can be a good team. I think they definitely be a playoff team. But I'm not super excited to get behind them with any money in any of the futures in any of the alternate win totals. I don't see a low floor. I don't see a high ceiling. I don't see a reason to put money on them to win the NFC or the Super Bowl. Maybe if there was a division price at some point, but just the schedules of the other teams don't line up we we'll am seeing get like the, plus
1: one ninety for the West, which yeah, is not I mean, enough. That we'll is get to definitely that. Definitely
0: not enough. And th- this is my my segue my segue to San Francisco was when I started looking at this division. Um, a big part of uh, what you nailed on the Rams' regression last year is missing some interior linemen, like th- the center. I gotta look up his name because I feel dumb not even saying his name. But he might not be ready to play at the beginning of the season here.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, you're kidding. They're,
0: they're, there's a there's a shot. Well, for, for the Niners, like they, they, just, oh, oh, they is,
1: when, oh, really? Oh, I didn't hear that.
0: I, I there's a I'm, I'm gonna have to dig deeper into this, but you know, like Debo Samuel, he has a the, yeah, up that, foot. I, that one,
1: I, yeah, yeah, I'm he, not he might not
0: play. Yeah. And there's there's a ch- Richburg, there's a chance he's dinged up. Like, if you're missing a couple players early, like, oh man, like if you're missing a couple of starters early. Maybe the Niners aren't good early, and there's some there's some value on them. It's like then you look at their schedule. It's like man, that never works out for me on this when I when I come up with something like this because the Niners have a, a <laughs> soft early schedule. So that, and Seriously. that's for circling back to Seattle, like when San Francisco starts five and zero. Like maybe that's where you could grab some Seattle because they do have some respite later on. If they can keep pace, stay within a couple games of the Niners, and then they get that Giants-Jets-Washington football team stretch, Mm -hmm. and maybe they roll that into a win hosting the Rams, who are not super high on, and you end up with a big number on Seattle to win the division, which you might be able to make some sort of hedge against with San San Francisco money line minus whatever it is, San Francisco live, San Francisco second half if they have a bad first half. You might have a nice ticket in your pocket if the Niners start super hot. Yeah, I like
1: that call. Their
0: their schedule looks tough. So if I am getting Seattle any exposure in my portfolio in Seattle, it's not preseason.
1: Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that at all. And especially because we brought up the continuity in the offensive line is exceptionally important. Uh, and more so than ever this year and they have three new guys yeah best of luck <laughs> um okay should we move on to S- sf yeah all right
0: all right so yeah i will i will start with that i'm pulling up i should have pulled up more news
1: on i didn't Mr. know that about uh Richard of, yeah, i love i love he, he, he is on the pub.
0: Damn. Weston
1: Richburg so, got put
0: on the pup a couple weeks ago. And then, uh, obviously, Debo Samuel as well with his Jones fracture.
1: I, yeah, for Newt, for sure not expecting to see Debo until closer to Halloween. I didn't realize Richburg was on that path as well. That sucks. God damn it. I'm
0: trying to remember what exactly his injury was. He missed Rich- the last... Oh, he tore his patellar tendon, which is uh, the... That's the injury that uh, Patrick Mahomes... Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes had to uh, dislocation of the patella, the patellar tendon rip, is what Jimmy Graham did. Remember when he got his legs under him in the end zone, went backwards for yes, Seattle, I do and he ripped yes. that tendon. Ooh, that was nasty. Like that's uh, feel like, if you're don't do this. Like if you're doing something weird, but like feel that tendon underneath your mm, kneecap. That's no, a big, no,
1: stop, stop, it's stop. A big stop. tendon. Like, it's on the front of your kneecap, right? Yeah, it's over I mean, the front. Yeah, it's a um, it's a
0: big tendon like that has to feel horrible. That's up there with a, I think a tearing an Achilles for me
1: and things I don't want to ever do. So yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, well, that's just, not how I intended to start out, San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. So your Super Bowl, you, you're these guys were a quarter of away, quarter away from Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You play a generational. Team that gets, you know, a great coach, generational talents quarterback. They'd been doing it for a month, coming back from double digit, you know, deficits. I don't think we were ever bringing the Super Bowl trophy into the dugout for the Niners
1: when they were up (laughs) by 10.
0: Was it 10 points in the fourth quarter?
1: Uh, I think it was even more.
0: It it was something like that. And yeah, it's, it's, and in no way was I surprised that they lost that game that offense for Kansas City is lethal at any given point, they can put up four or five touchdowns in a quarter if you let them. So that was, that was tough. They played very well. It was a they great were up season. 10, you're right. Yeah. Great season for them. They played three really good quarters of a super bowl and you know, they, they were, yeah, I don't think they were it was right there. Like, it wasn't ever a case where they didn't belong in the super bowl. They weren't one of the top five teams in the, and they absolutely were. It was a very big surprise how how well that defense came together. I think if we went back and listened to our preview from last year, we would have been talking a lot of, you know, what is, what's going to happen with this offense? Jimmy G taking the next step forward and I think we probably didn't touch on, we probably never said like, man, do you think this defense is going to become like top three this year? And all of a sudden be, become this monster that nobody can play against. And then obviously there were some injuries, but when they came back together in the at the end of the year and in the playoffs, it was a scary-ass defense. And I think that was a bigger surprise to me than Jimmy G playing well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think my, my – I definitely bet the Niners to win the NFC West at like 4-1, to one, five to 5-1-ish preseason. And my entire rationale was somebody's got to win and it's yeah, not going to we be, be the Cardinals. We were, yeah, we were low on the, <laughs> right. we were low on the low Rams. Low on the Rams, low on the Seahawks. And so I was like, well, why can't us, right? It was, why can't Niners, right? Um, turned out they could, they exceeded expectations significantly last year. Uh, they were an eight-win team according to the closing win total in Vegas. And they went, promptly went eight-no and, <laughs> and pushed their win total over the first eight games of the season. Um, those were their best eight games of the season, uh, because they sustained some injuries. Uh, they lost a little bit of it, you know, a little bit of depth on the, uh, on the offense a lot of depth on the defense. Um, but they continued to scrap and fight and play their hearts out, uh, really putting together a spectacular overall 2019 campaign. Uh, they of course clinched the. Number one overall seed in the last game of the regular season over the Seahawks, and what was one of the more thrilling regular season games that I watched all season. Uh, This on the heels of another, you know, a great, thrilling win over the Rams, 34 31 on uh, the Saturday before Christmas. Uh, Incredible, incredible game. The best regular season game of the season was their win over the Saints in the Superdome, 48 46. That on the heels of a a very tough loss, another great game against the Ravens. They lost 20 to 17. Uh, Really just can't say enough about how spectacular this team played over the whole course of the season. Um, And realistically, 13 and 3 was a little bit of a mirage. They should have probably done a little better. (laughs) As crazy as this is to say. They lost. Their first loss was to the Seahawks in overtime at home. Uh, Absolutely should have won that game, and at worst should have tied. The fact that they lost that that was was
0: such a controversial thing, too, because yeah, because like, oh man, that was rough. Because analytics, Twitter, almost like even they knew, like, man, should we even say you should take the tie right now? Yeah, but if they would have gone into week seventeen with that tie on the record, they would have yeah. had the division. They would,
1: up. yeah, yeah, would have been done, and deal. they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't uh, have
0: had to play starters against the Seahawks. Uh, uh, yeah. But we would have been cheated out of a great game. So really I'm, great I'm, game. I guess yeah. I'm happy. But no, absolutely, they should have played for a tie there with that yeah. field position in that situation. And yeah. I guess, I guess. I guess it worked out. They made the Super I mean, Bowl yeah, had a realistically. Season. We had some good games, but yeah, that they were, you know, like you said, it was it was still a very very good high-end team in the second half of the season. They just some injuries drug them down a little for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But overall 13 and 3 with two, I would call I'll qualify it as two lucky wins. Uh and two unlucky losses and one loss that absolutely could have been a winner at tie. So was, I thought it was a very fair 13, yeah. they like were, ri- were a
0: 13. They were a 13 win team with a very high end defense. What do you think their turnover differential was?
1: Oh, it had to be a big number. Um, I'll let you guess. Plus 12. I guess it's
0: plus, obviously. It's plus four. Really?
1: That's yeah. it? Well, know, Jimmy like G that, was kind of a pick, he was a pick machine to that, a degree.
0: They did give away thirty, yeah. They gave away 13 interceptions, 10 fumbles. Um, so 20 23 giveaways, which drug that down, but that's I mean, that is kind of middle of the pack. It's there's a, I mean, there's plenty of teams that got above 30 or 20. Yeah. There's a bunch of 25s in there. So it wasn't wild. So I mean, just as far as if you want to say they're their total takeaways, even that they were, you know, they were up there 27. They're still that's not behind. That, yeah. That's, that's oh, not I mean, they were, they were, it looks like sixth or seventh behind. I mean, you're behind bucks. You're behind Minnesota. Like they, they could have done more with that defense. Even Honestly, as the entire,
1: the, the whole narrative I was building up to here was they could have done more all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Right. It could, like <laughs> it could have been, been even, it could have been,
0: it could even have been an even scarier defense. Yeah. It could have been a right. better defense. How many team, times overall? did you see
1: Nick Bosa get within a fraction of sacking the quarterback and just miss? Like there were so many of those plays against Russell Wilson alone. There were so many of those plays. Um, yeah. Fully healthy season out of their defense. They are absolutely gnarly. A full, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, more careful play out of Jimmy G, fewer turnovers. They're, like they're they're even they're even that much scarier. Um Jimmy G, of just course, only gnarly. a year. No, absolutely gnarly. <laughs> California
0: um, kid now. You're no longer <laughs> an East G. Coaster.
1: It's been a long time since I've been an East Coaster. Um the but yeah, overall Jimmy G just really like his he was good. He was very good last season, but he's a year removed from ACL surgery and he looked it. Like there was plenty of rust on his. Uh, perf- out of his performance early in the season, uh, and again, I we made this case talking awards MVP specifically. I would have no problem at all expecting him to take a step forward in the third year under a Kyle Shanigan system, especially with the weapons that are around him. So, like as good as things were, I really don't think that there are clear and obvious signs of regression in terms of any of this was a mirage. Yeah, really. And maybe the only thing, like the single thing you can point to uh, in terms of regression, was their schedule last year was pretty damn easy. Yeah,
0: it's it's not terrible this year though. It's not terrible this year. It's not terrible. And you asked me you asked me a question about uh, Pete Carroll, and it had more to do with his insistence on being a run first team. But we we dug on Pete Carroll a little for being such a pussy on fourth down. Shanny, never been higher than twenty seventh in the league as far as aggressiveness index. Wow, he's n- he's not that aggressive on fourth down either. Oh my god! Now I kind of pose you the same question: Is he the kind of guy who would see something like that? Yes. Or if somebody, if I I believe so too. I think he's uh open minded enough and maybe young young enough where he's not so entrenched in his, you know, preconceived notions where if somebody brought that to him be like, hey man, look look what Baltimore did with a lot less talent at wide receiver and a younger quarterback and, you know, maybe not all as many defensive pieces, but they were aggressive on fourth down and that made a difference. But yeah, he was he was never higher than it said twenty seventh in the Football Outsiders' Aggressiveness Index. That's shocking,
1: yeah. And I but,
0: kinda, that was kind of shocking to me too. But that gets hidden when you're such a damn good team. It's like, ah, uh,
1: you know, right? Well, they didn't, didn't have very many than, fourth. They didn't have very many fourth down chances because they were converting so regularly. Yeah, down. when you're when you're
0: so successful, <laughs> when you have a high success rate on other downs, and you know that came yeah. down to, you know, I just kind of that's a, that'll be the only time I say bad things about Shanahan here because you know using play action at a high rate using a bunch of pre-snap motion and uh I brought up the the Ravens just now and maybe it's a good comp because the Ravens you know you don't want to if you don't want to get super granular and say you know this max protect and this this uh whatever s- subset of uh, what a like your 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 lineup that you put out there, or just the scheme, formations the, and the formations, yeah, sure. the scheme, everything that ties into that. If you don't want to get really really down in the weeds on that, and just say doing something that the other team doesn't expect. Like, yes, really looking at it from from ten thousand feet rather than getting into the weeds of the X's and O's, and they threw the shit out of the ball. With 21 personnel, you put two running backs (laughs) in the backfield, you put a a fullback and a running back, and then you throw the ball. And it's that simple. It's so stupid. It's so simple it's stupid.
1: It's the opposite of the Rams. The Rams had all the success running out of 11, and here we were like, wait, we can spin this around, and we can throw out of 21, and throwing is better. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's no yeah, there's no limit on yeah, right. there's no limit on how to do this. You you take something and you surprise the other team. You you do the unexpected and your success rates go up. And yeah, they every like I said, yeah, and you brought up the Rams, another good another good uh, example of that. You just you use a a formation and then you do something unexpected out of it, and you do it a few different ways, and and that's how you can find success in this league. You can't be predictable, so. Uh, I think, you know, Shanny. I'm excited to see, you know, I don't expect the same thing every year. I think he's going to be constantly working on that. And you'll see, you know, other unexpected things as Jimmy G progresses. And like you said, he was still just coming off an injury. He's, um, you know, I'm probably more bullish on him this year now that he's had a full year to recover from that. That's a massive injury. Especially yeah, for a younger good. guy like that, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited to see just all the things I was reading in the previews about how they use their play action, the pre snap motion, using unexpected play calls out of certain personnel. I'm excited to see Shanahan for the next twenty years doing yeah. unexpected things.
1: Yes, and to answer your point about is he the kind type of guy that can learn and become more aggressive. Well, yeah, well, yeah he, what if he becomes
0: an aggressive play
1: caller on fourth? Yeah, that's a very very realistic possibility. On top of the fact that I do 100% the st- I 100% subscribe to this. The major takeaway I had from their Super Bowl loss was they were not aggressive enough. Just from an overall did not read the room right in terms of how many points do we have to score to win this game? Yeah. Going back to the end of the first half. Uh, going to the way they conducted their offensive drives at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, uh, you do not want to put your back against the wall and count on Jimmy G to make a pass that you haven't asked him to make in five weeks, right? Like that, like people will circle that and be like, "Yep, Jimmy G is not the guy. He couldn't make that pass to Emmanuel Sanders to to win the game against the Chiefs. He's not as good as Pat Mahomes." Blah blah. blah. Well, that completely sidesteps the fact that they ran junk through the NFC playoffs. And had absolutely no resistance against the Vikings and against the uh, uh the packers they 've barely even asked Jimmy G to do anything <laughs> in those games and Now, all of a sudden, you were going to ask him in the fourth quarter to make a very difficult pass like that like no, like your entire uh, the entire complexion of the game changes if you can get to uh, thirty one to ten instead of twenty to ten uh, and at that point uh you know you can let your let your pass rush continue to get after it and um you know I think that gives you a much much higher likelihood of winning the Super Bowl. Not that I really was sad that they lost the Super Bowl, I'm obviously yeah, no, because we, yeah, I we bet against a lot him. of Kansas City Chiefs yeah. money on the board. But um but no seriously like looking back like you really thought twenty points was enough to win the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs? Like what were you doing? Like why have did you, you, you not see
0: the last two weeks?
1: yeah, seriously. Like, why did you squander uh, an opportunity to get an end of the second half score, especially when you're getting the ball first in the second half? Like you need to take every opportunity and make it, make it worthwhile. Um, and I felt like they really, uh, they really didn't, uh, uh, didn't do that. And I, you know, now that's two blown super two blown, uh, two blown leads in the super bowl that, uh, has to live with. And if he can't learn from that, then I guess he's not going to learn at all. Um, but I do love him as a coach. Yeah, I do he's love had, him had him a lot of good offensive. learning
0: moments, hasn't yeah. he?
1: Yes, he has. And I, lo- I love, love him as a fit for this team and these personnel especially. Um, and, you know, kind of in the same vein as the rich got richer in the AFC with the, the likes of uh, Baltimore and Kansas City retaining all of their coaching staff. The San Francisco 49ers do as well. Uh, relatively, Ooh. relatively intact unit overall. One major change of the offensive line. You had the retirement of yeah, Joe Staley, which could be, be massive. Change,
0: or at least neutral, I would
1: say. <laughs> yeah, I would say
0: too. Yeah, no, lose, that was a huge move. You, you
1: bring in Trent Williams. Like, yeah. that's almost too good to be true. Um, and, you know, you have a weapon like Kittle that completely uh, transforms the way you can play offense. You are going to be a dynamic forced to be reckoned with no matter what else is on the field. Uh, so this is going to be another great year for San Francisco. I cannot get off of that prior. There is legitimately no case that I have heard or that I think can be made that this team is primed for a Super Bowl hangover. We've have you Jimmy heard anything? G,
0: we've got Jimmy G MVP tickets in our pockets, I know, baby. They, We're but, ready.
1: But have no, you I heard mean, anyone well, make a case for a Super Bowl hangover?
0: N- I mean – is that a real thing? I it, I mean it is, but you know why it's a real thing? It's because a team overperforms a, as a whole. Like it's not it has nothing to do with losing the Super Bowl. It has to do with a team having a highly successful 6-month run and usually a team like that has some regression based on the roster or other factors like they were lucky or they, you know, they overperformed. I don't think this team overperformed greatly. They were over twelve-win team on the Pythag. It's not like their record was crazy high, like Seattle. Yeah, like you said, the the obviously Debo in the in the center hurts to miss at the beginning of the year. But like I said, it's a soft schedule, soft landing. Schedule's not crazy. Jimmy G another year. You get Trent Williams to fill in. Um, you bring in. God, what was it? They were massive as far as how the the offense was massive as far as yards after the catch. That just yeah. kind of the way the the way the offensive scheme worked. The the kid they drafted out of Arizona State, big yard after the catch guy. Like he's yeah. just a, you know it, it's tough drafting out of a low spot like that. But out of all the receivers that could have fallen to him. Like he's a really good fit. Great looks fit. Like, so Great I fit. mean, they got not only a decent draft for a team that ended up drafting. You know, you're gonna have a shitty pick when you go to the Super Bowl. That's just life. But I think everything kind of fell to this team not having a massive regression. Like, I, uh, I mean, agree. make make a and go. Go against yourself, put yourself in the headspace we do I do this every week with bets I make. I just try to talk myself into the other side, talk like and don't don't go something wild like you know Jimmy G blows his knee in the first week. sure like something realistically what 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 do we yeah. have like what 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 realistically makes a, what makes a regression what what turns this into a nine win team outside of a massive injury?
1: So, number one is uh, DeForest Buckner is more impactful than we realize. And um,
0: Sanders. You lose Buck- Buckner you lose Sanders, and Sanders yeah. are big those losses. losses are,
1: those losses could be bigger than we realize. Now, you, re- you backfilled them with first round picks who are going to be good, who are look like good players. Yeah, so, God, right? I, fr- I did. I forgot you know, that. Yeah, they had the 14th Kinlaw. pick
0: as well. You got yeah. Kin- and Kinlaw is, that by, I think
1: that's an upgrade on
0: the inside.
1: Because he's over over Buckner. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, well, uh,
0: and here's, I'm going to stop. Even though I asked you the question and I tried to get you to go into this, but I got, I kind of got into the weeds on this. Some of the way they did things in the front four, front five. And are you familiar with wide nine technique?
1: No, tell me about I was, wide nine. I was, not, I was
0: not either. I'm not, I'm not you know, some of these guys, there's some great follows on Twitter if you want to get, like I said, down in the weeds on some of the, the formations and scheme, but uh, they ran this this wide, wide nine basically means your DNs or outside linebackers, who's ever lighting up the widest, you know, not in a coverage sense, is outside of the tackle, outside of the tight end, and not facing the line of scrimmage, but at an angle facing the quarterback. So you these guys, these edge rushers are wide as shit. And it's a big advantage as far as an edge rush, but you don't traditionally do it outside of like a third down, a big pass rush down. And they did it a lot. Like they they just kind of incorporated it more. And it was, it was a big part of, I guess, why they're – I'm still digging into this. I didn't have enough time. I followed this like an hour before the podcast, and I started reading all these articles. But it, it's tough for the interior guys. Yeah. So if you, go, if you go wide nine on an early down, it's great for your edge guys. They don't, they don't have anybody in front of them. They're going around someone. That tight end, that tackle has to adjust and get outside in a hurry. So if you got a shitty swinging gate left tackle – that's that's going to be difficult on them. But if you decide I'm going to combat that by running up the middle, you got some double teams up front. You got double teams, and you know Buck, losing Buckner sucks, but this Kinlaw kid is huge. And I, I think, it. and that's 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 kind of what I was reading. I like it. He's he's a massive guy who can absorb a double team better, and they won't be as susceptible to. Runs up the gut that are going to take away from the edge rushing. So
1: they have Eric Armstead too, who is fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, and that that's, what, awesome that's what they're saying. Too. Like you get yeah.
0: Armstead and Kinlaw that are able to both absorb some double teams.
1: Yeah, and then let, you know, let Ford, Bosa and Ford, Ford on the outside. Let them fly. are
0: lining yeah. up way wide, flying around yeah. the edge, and you're you know it you're creating you know just like anything else in football, anything you're going to do there's a there's a counter move. Sure. And, you know, the counter move to r- lining up super wide and trying to tear the head off the quarterback is we're going to run up the middle because your line, your, your DNs are so far out. They can't help. They're not yeah. going to, they won't have time to get to the running back if we're handing off right away.
1: Yeah. Unless it's the Seahawks yeah. running back. So it, was,
0: it was interesting. <laughs> it, it was interesting. They said that was a big part of what they liked about Kinlaw in the middle because he's, uh, um who was it? Uh, that we were just talking about, Buckner.
1: Buckner's gone, yeah.
0: Buckner's taller and lighter.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Okay. This guy's he's stockier, short. He's, he's going to be able to that's stuff up the, like, the Niners It's a better made fit, this, I
1: guess. Like, okay, let's go back a step. John Lynch has turned into one of the better GMs in the league. Maybe the best. And this is an exact example of this, which is they recognize we have a system we like the, you know, the pieces fit in a certain is? way.
0: Jesus
1: Christ. He's massive. I know he's, he's six foot seven. Super, super, super tall. I know he's huge. Um, but seriously, like talking about evaluating your own personnel, not falling in love with the guy because he's on your team, dealing him for a guy that maybe fits your system a little better from a you know, just from a size standpoint, mm-hmm. like that's that is that is perfect. Um, and that feels like that's what they did. They did no, a great job in the offseason, I feel like
0: What? Well, yeah. You you really you put a point on kind of where I was going with it. It just feels like what we said about Arizona not staying married to a player, but on such a smaller scale that you don't, you know, he's not going to get the credit for something like this that you'd get from hey, they moved on from Josh Rosen and they got their guy. Like you you, you know, the quarterback's such a glamour muscle position that yeah, everyone's going to be so high if that just continues to work out. But yeah, like you said, teams are double teaming your D tackles. If you have a tall six seven, one six seven, 280, somewhere in there, you bring in a guy who's six five, 315. You know, that's going to be more conducive to that style of front four. And, you know, if you're just constantly doing the little things like that, uh, you run a certain type of defense again, other offenses counteract it. Said, so, Well, I'm bringing in this kid from South Carolina, then we're going to be better up front. Like, this is a better it. fit for me. Like, yeah, that, that's what good GMs do is just constantly find good fits for what you're doing. Speaking of that, Everson Griffin just signed with the Cowboys. I
1: saw that. Yeah. That's, I was that's... not celebrating that. I was celebrating the Raptors team total. Got, they hit it with the, the scrubs, but yeah, no, Everson Griffin to the Cowboys is interesting.
0: That's, uh, that's, that's
1: interesting. Of,
0: that's kind of a good fit. He's, kind he's of is. Still, they need, pe- they need
1: that. They need something. Yeah. They need any, they, they need warm bodies on defense. He's a warm body. So good, good, good signing by them. Um, Okay, so going back to what makes what's the recipe for an actual regression for the Niners? Yeah, back Number back one,
0: my original question
1: when I interrupted you a long the, diatribe. That's okay. No, it was a very interesting conversation. I, but I really do think that their front four is still, you know, it is almost impossible, in my opinion, for them to not be a top five front four in the NFL this season. I really do not see how that, you know, what other expectations we have for them. Um, they have depth. They have talent at every single position and it is awesome uh the secondary i would say the opposite i worry about the secondary they were the achilles heel in the super bowl against pat mahomes uh you can't hide all of these guys at the same time there's always going to be a way to expose uh this secondary from a passing standpoint which means if you don't get home with your pass rush you're probably going to be giving up some yardage you're probably going to be giving up some points some chunks you're going to be giving up some chunky yards. Uh, Richard Sherman way, 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 way overperformed his ability last year. I don't know how he did what he did, and I would be extremely surprised to see him do it again. Uh, they have some nice young players uh, who I could see developing, but I don't know if they have the coaching staff to really coach up the D-backs here. Um, this team is going to give up some yardage and some points in the passing game. If you We are going saw, we up saw against-
0: Witherspoon get roasted. By some people,
1: yeah, he's not great. Um, no, he got just a couple <laughs> times in the playoffs. <laughs> he he's not great. Um, fucking roasted, yeah. Uh, the um, uh, let me look up uh, the depth chart. There's a couple of guys who are better than Witherspoon. I don't even know if Witherspoon is the starting cornerback, to be honest with you. And um, I do
0: want to tell how many games did Quan miss? Do you have that in front of you?
1: at least the, at least the last six maybe yeah more. It,
0: it felt like like half the damn season like the last half if
1: through, i had uh, but six six
0: at a minimum for yeah. sure
1: i think he okay. got hurt in game 9 or 10
0: that made a huge difference
1: yeah yeah and i mean he's a fine player uh it definitely impacts your ability to stop the run which you know makes it a lot tougher for you to come back um and i would say who's the guy i'm looking for um Oh, they got Jason Barrett out of uh, from the Chargers. I didn't realize that. That was a nice little move by them. That's nice um, for him.
0: He doesn't have to get. He won't ever get injured in the preseason. Yeah, game.
1: Emmanuel Mosley was the guy I was thinking of. He played some pretty nice ball last year. I could see him getting elevated to the starting cornerback role over Witherspoon. Um, and but still, like it's not a great unit. It's not good. There's their teams are going to be able to come back on them. Any team that they play with a competent O line is going to give them a tough time they're going to be able to come back and that's not, you know, and that's, that's, it's not going to be easy for teams because obviously the Niners can run extremely well. They're running game, especially putting away leads as solid as can be. Um, But for sure, you're going to be able to pass your way back into games against them. Uh, And teams are going to be able to pass their way to leads against them. Um, So it'll be, you know, there, there will be for sure more, uh, you know, challenging games, Uh, on their schedule overall this year. It's a tougher schedule than last year, even though, as you mentioned, it's not that tough. We just talked about how Seattle had five separate trips to the East Coast, Uh, San Francisco, because they bundled two of them, only have three trips.
0: They got their package deal. They only only have two. They only have two trips. The bundle from the cable company.
1: That's right. They bundled their Jets-Giants trips to one trip to New York City, uh, and then they have a trip to New England. It's a two-for-one on the wins. It's nice. That's really nice. Um, Also, instead of having to go all the way east, they only have to go to New Orleans and they have to go to Dallas. So it's not quite as far trips across the country there. Um, So they do, they did really, really luck out overall schedule wise. Um, They got a nice three game and a three game home stand early in the season against some of the tougher teams on their schedule, Philly and Rams. So it's, you know, it's it's overall it's a very favorable schedule, albeit it is tougher than last year's. I do not think thirteen wins is reasonable expectation for this team, but the one seed in the NFC is absolutely still in play. Um, I have this team as a as an eleven to twelve win team, and on most of my projections, uh, and uh, I think they are very very clearly at the top of the NFC contenders, uh, especially with uh, any tiny. Meaningful step forward by Jimmy G under year three of Kyle Shanahan's offense.
0: What are your true odds for this team to win the Super Bowl?
1: Oh man, they're a lot they're way off market. (laughs) I can tell you that. Uh, They're way off market.
0: And Uh, honestly, I think I'm I'm way more apt to bet this team to win the NFC than to win the Super Bowl.
1: All right, that's I'm fine with that, too. And they, I, I don't Lamar know, maybe Jackson that's a
0: podcast for another day. Yeah, no, for sure. But I think I, oh, the, the the relationship between those two numbers, yeah. it should never be. It's not a linear problem. It's not like, well, here's the odds that they win one more game. Like you really have to look at the average competition that they would be facing in that. In that Super Bowl game, compared yeah. to you know winning the NFC, and that's where I'm. I'm not excited here's, about trying to here's, the key, a Super Bowl ticket here's the key question. Here's the key question. Let's say it's Kansas City. Dogs.
1: Let's say it's Kansas City, San Francisco again, and Kansas City is minus three this time. Yeah, All right, you're back in Kansas City without hesitating, right?
0: Yeah,
1: I mean we on. they haven't they I'd haven't addressed up, the, they haven't addressed the goes. key issues. Yeah. yeah, I'm playing
0: them up to four.
1: Four. Okay. Okay. How about uh, San Francisco, Baltimore? Let's say that's closer to a pick'em. You take Baltimore, right? I'd
0: go Baltimore. I'd probably line that. All things considered, Baltimore minus one and a half. Like,
1: yeah, both teams have both teams have exactly what can foil you, which is really strong offensive line play uh, and the ability to come back on you via the passing game, uh, the ability to put away a lead via the running game, uh, and uh, you know, just in general, um, you know enough pressure on defense to, to give Jimmy G a little bit of heartache. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, which is that I have uh, – let me look here. I have San Francisco to win the NFC. Uh, I'm at 32%. Which is way off market. <laughs> I acknowledge that. You're too high. I acknowledge like, that. like way too high. I your model's
0: it. broken, but it's still like I way I would agree, I would agree whatever number if I sat down and scratched some stuff up, my number's going to be high enough where wherever you want to bet them to win the NFC, the number's wrong.
1: And I only I, have I realistically, I only have four teams with a realistic chance to win the NFC title game. Do you want to guess what four?
0: I probably have a fifth. I probably have the same. I don't know. Like, yeah, the, the Niners. For
1: yes. For sure. Yes.
0: The Saints. Yes. The Bucs. Yes. Gosh, I, I'm i kind of torn. Like, are you – is the Cowboys really your fourth team? Because they're probably my fifth.
1: They're my fifth team, too.
0: They're my fifth team because really, I really got to see what that defense is going to look like.
1: <laughs> I know. I don't That's think – it's not a it's playoff team. Such That's a mess. regular season team. Yeah, yeah,
0: I yeah, I, I can't put anyone from. I, I mean, uh, my fourth team is to be announced NFC North champion.
1: Oh, really? Interesting. But okay,
0: I, like whatever. Whatever team wins the division, yeah, a yeah. they're gonna have a home game, and they're gonna be like neither of those teams is gonna be just dog shit. Like they'll be competitive. I mean,
1: I have, uh, I have
0: Seattle. I mean, Seattle is right. I suppose Seattle's right there too, but I would put a division champion ahead of Seattle having to play all those away games.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. Um, uh, just, just for the sake of, uh, completeness. Um, I have, uh, San Francisco at 32, New Orleans at 18, Tampa at 16, uh, and Seattle at, uh, eight, um, and then a decent drop off to Dallas at like five.
0: Yeah, Dallas is complicated for me. Da- like Dallas, Dallas, could be right behind San Francisco in about three weeks. Like they could, three, yeah. three weeks, three weeks into the season, where we could be like, "Well, Dallas, San Francisco, we're running back to mid nineties again." They are meeting in the NFC title game, but they it's could possible. also they could also be a absolute horseshit team.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's so the question offense. is, do I have 32 for the San Francisco 49ers? Am I too high on them relative to those other t- contenders? Like, should San Francisco have uh, double the likelihood of Tampa? Should they have double the likelihood probably, of New Orleans? Probably, probably, probably not. not. Probably no. not. But, but yeah, like I, I said, 30, I have, 32 I, like is I have crazy those two on. teams. Like I have those. 22 you know, okay. you, know, you know why? You know why my number is so fat on San Francisco? Bad math? No. Because of the uh potential that they get the one seed. I have it I have them way out there. It
0: it is massive. That's a there. that's a good adjustment. And that's something you really need to sit down and think hard, maybe take a long walk and think about getting the one seed is so much bigger this year. The the difference between the one seed and the two seeds so massive. If they if you screw that up as a great team, that hurts so much. Because of, I mean, you're just—you're the only team that gets a buy. You get all those home, (laughs) like it's. It's so stupid, Bank. What are you giggling?
1: At? I'm laughing at your Paul run meme that you put in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look I at took, us, just a couple of dudes hitting live bets. Yeah. I, yeah,
0: I, <laughs> took, I took the Thunder plus four and a half live in the first half, <laughs> and somebody else took the Heat minus three and a half live, and it landed on four. Look at it us. It landed on four. A, <laughs>
1: look at just us. Just a couple of dudes. Just a couple of dudes hitting live bets. That's great. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm making live bets right before we start podcasting. Whoops.
1: Yeah, Toronto Raptors 125 points. Their team total was 113. Just that was a beauty. That games. was a beauty. Oh, so great though. Um, I also talked to a guy who was asking me about like any anyone going to sit, any props I should take, and I said, "And beat under. He's going to he's not going to play the second half." And he didn't. That was total guesswork by me. Uh, um, yeah, okay. he
0: faked an injury.
1: Yeah, right. 100%
0: oh,
1: fake. 100%. 100%. It. Yes. Um, okay. Well, uh I guess In in kind of general conclusion here, I don't think there's a ton of value to be had um, betting the Niners to win the um, NFC West at plus one thirty. Although it's a good, I have I have them higher than that. Um, I would say that they are minus money. My favorite way to attack the Niners is to bet them to win the NFC. Um, And again, mostly a lot of my thinking on this is. That number is only going to get shorter. Yep, this is a this is a five and one, six and zero start for these guys. If
0: you're a giant vagina, that's a great bet in a cash out book because it's going to it's it's. I mean, the odds of it changing in the wrong direction are predicated on a like Jimmy G blows his knee out, I suppose. Like that, like we talked about the early schedule, so so easy. They likely start five, six, and all. All of a sudden, that number, like, look, look at, let's look. I mean, just a quick exercise here Tampa Bay, look, look, your other contenders. Tampa Bay plays New Orleans at New Orleans, at Denver uh, in the first three weeks. Um, the other one was Seattle playing at Atlanta, New England, Dallas to start the, start the season. Dallas, you know, like, Dallas is right in the mix there. They're all going to kind of split these games up your other one was new orleans playing at tampa at, or yep. playing at tampa green bay at las vegas yep some of these teams none of these teams have the soft landing that san francisco does of the teams that we decided that can win the super bowl out of the nfc or win you know just win the nfc yeah
1: yeah like
0: it's for sure san francisco has the softest landing with the double dip in new york philly miami arizona like yeah, their number's gonna drop right off the get-go if everything goes to plan. So, th- yeah. th- you're gonna see a cash out on that immediately. Yeah. if you get a nice number, it's probably gone down already. But definitely worth shopping <laughs> around. I, yeah, it, it's not it's not a number that is likely to go the wrong way for you. So, and yeah. God, I love cashing a win the conference bet. It feels and then so good seeing that just,
1: team lose the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, not only that, but yeah, it feels good. Like you just then you take all that money and you bet it on whatever you want the super, that's all Super Bowl prop money. You have to legally you have to oh, take every it. dime that you won and bet it on Super Bowl props. Those are people. the
1: rules. That's state We do not make the rules. I don't, I, don't, make the rules. I, don't, I
0: don't I'm not a legislator. You know, mail your legislator if you have a problem <laughs> with this, but no, it feels so good to cash that on like conference <laughs> yeah. championship weekend. You have 2 weeks to gloat about it and then you yeah, yeah you will invariably waste that money
1: on props. Especially if and if uh, that goes double for if you hit the uh, Jimmy G uh, MVP odds as well. Um, what
0: was it? All right, man, 50. I think we got 50 on that.
1: I think I did too. Yeah, it was 50 for Jimmy G and almost or you got better than you got 55 on Ben, right? (laughs) No, they
0: didn't let me have it. They changed every. Remember, every time I bet it, it changed it to 35 or
1: something. I forgot. Yeah, no, I I got I got 50
0: on Ben. So when they meet, uh, when they I wonder if they'd pay them both if they did. You remember in 97 they gave it to Sanders and Favre? Uh
1: was that was did that right? I remember they gave it to Manning and uh and uh McNair. Was that they split that split the baby between Manning and McNair? I don't remember the Sanders Favre when i that, I don't dispute that.
0: I swore that happened. I have to look that up before we go off air to prove a point. Maybe what if I have just like some sort of uh yep. Boy, I forgot they split it twice. Look at us. You know, we're, we're not all that smart as, as individuals, but combined, we have all the knowledge. Because, yeah, 97, Farvin Sanders. I forgot about the McNair one. Manning and McNair split it in 2003, RIP.
1: Amazing. Haven't split
0: one since. Maybe this year. I'm going to have to talk to my guys. I'll talk to Dave Mason. Will you pay me both bets at 50 to 1 if it's <laughs> <you being dead laughs> splitting it? And how mad will you be? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know they're,
1: they, you know, they're playing, they pay half odds. I think, I think I they
0: You got to go dead heat rules on that.
1: Got to go dead heat rules on that. Yeah, I agree. Indeed. Okay, well, it'd be pretty fun. Uh, uh Niners, yeah, I mean, if Niners. somebody had both of
0: those tickets on either of those years, what a god! Talk about laying it, laying your dick on the
1: table. Oh, yeah. I mean, Manning was probably four to one, but uh, McNair was probably 50 to one, easy. Yeah, so no. yeah. Um, uh, all right, well, go Lock Niners, down. go Niners. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get a let's get a repeat out of these boys, uh, back to the super bowl where they can lose to the Ravens this time. Um, all right. With that, uh, we will, uh, adjourn until next week where we hit the AFC West. Ooh, you gotta do some homework over the weekend and watch uh hard knocks. So we can talk about the chargers on hard knocks. If there's anything noteworthy there.
0: Love hard knocks.
1: Have you watched already? No,
0: I'm not. I've okay, not, not watched any.
1: Yeah, same. <laughs> okay. Um, with that See you set. next week. Uh, and don't forget to check out the Best Birds app.
0: Yeah, we, we'll put it in the podcast description. We both retweeted. I'm, there's a tweet from our, uh, our PR manager who runs the Deep Dive account, tweeted something out. And we retweeted.
1: I love it. All right. Talk to you next week.